0: Hey everybody, welcome to the midterm review for the fall of 22. So our midterm is going to cover three units. Uh, One, which is the constitutional underpinnings. Two, which is the American ideologies. And then three, the most recent one, political participation. So um, without any further ado, let's get rolling. So the first question is about Thomas Jefferson, the Declaration of Independence, and the Enlightened Ideas. So uh, we need to remember that Jefferson wrote this document, <clears throat> and we declared our independence from uh, England, and <clears throat> we, we really need to concentrate on where it came from, all right, where did he get Thomas Jefferson's, where did Thomas Jefferson get his ideas from, and a lot of it came from the enlightened thinkers um, that we know, like Locke, and uh, Montesquieu, and Hobbes, and those people, so um, <clears throat> on the test, there is a quote from the Declaration. And so you'll read it and then answer some of the questions. But <clears throat> it's going to be your typical stuff. You know, the natural rights were very important. The, obviously, this philosopher philosophers and then also the framers of the Constitution. Um, natural rights is an important concept, and it's something that's still important to us today. Um, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So um, that's where that comes from. <clears throat> All right, James Madison and FED51. <clears throat> so remember, the whole Federalist Paper series was written in response to the fact that not everybody was on board with the Constitution. There were people that were scared of this new government, this strong government. And so Madison in uh, he concentrates on the fact that, hey, we're going to have separate powers for these things. Um, they're not going to have any kind of accumulation of powers. And on top of that, not only are they separated, legislative for writing the laws, executive for enforcing, and judicial for judging, <clears throat> but they also have checks on each other. They have watch watchdog functions on each other. They can make sure that no one's accumulating too much power. Now, on the test, there is a passage, and there's a couple of questions that goes with 51. Uh, ways the Constitution can change. <clears throat> so, I'm so sorry. I hate coughing like this, and it's driving me nuts. Um... So ways the Constitution can change. Uh, formally, we know the amendment process. I'll get to that in a little bit. But informally, you know, it changes through the court system. The courts make a decision. And while we don't go back into the Constitution and erase or add to it, uh, it can change. You know, uh, 1954, Brown versus Board of Education. The schools are uh, desegregated. We're going to start integrating schools. They didn't go in and pencil in to the 14th Amendment and equal protection. Hey, this pertains to schools now, too. <clears throat> it just happened. So the Constitution was, was unofficially changed. It can happen with legislation as well. Uh, constitutional Convention compromises. The two big ones to know are the Great Compromise and the Three Fifths. So the Great Compromise, remember, is going to be between um, <clears throat> the Virginia and New Jersey plan. Remember, Virginia plan was hey, let's have representation in Congress based on population. Big states were very happy. New Jersey plan for the little states where let's be equal. Let's all have the the same amount. And so that's the the difference between the two. We snap our fingers and the great compromise just happens. We know hopefully that and recognize that it took some time to get there, but the great compromise is going to combine those two. So now we have the house, which is based on uh, population, and we have the Senate, which is based on equality. Uh, and then you get the three-fifths. Remember, there was two things the population was going to count for. It was going to count for your representation in the House, and it was going to count for tax purposes. So the South wanted their slave population to count for the representation, but for taxes. And the North was the opposite. They wanted the slave population to count for taxes, but not for representation. So once again, boom, we snap our fingers, and the three-fifths compromise. It takes a little bit longer than that, obviously. But they eventually decide to count three-fifths of the slave population for both purposes. Rights every human has a right to, that is the natural rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Federalists versus Anti-Federalists, okay, remember the Feds, the Federalists, they were the ones that wanted the strong central government, Uh, they were all in favor, all on board with the Constitution, Uh, they recognized that the Articles of Confederation was way too weak. The Anti-Federalists, though, they were the ones that were uh, more, hey, we're happy with the Articles, you know, maybe we tweak it here and there, but, and we give some powers to it, but... They were okay with the states having and maintaining uh, superiority over the, the the federal government. Republic versus democracy. Um, just you know, we are a republic. You you pledge allegiance to one every morning, and uh, just remember that's how we <clears throat> we pick our we pick elected officials to represent us. Okay, you might see it as a representative democracy as well. Democracy is just how we go about picking our leadership through you know, elections and fair elections and, and things like that. So that's the big difference there. Separation of powers, what's each branch responsible for? I already said this once, but legislative, rights to the laws, executive enforces, and then um, the judicial judges. The First Amendment freedoms and give examples from court cases. I went over this in class, but just one more time. Uh, the three we worry about is speech, religion, and press. We always forget about petition and assembly, although they are in there too. Speech, remember that allows you to speak and critique about the government. It is not a free pass to say whatever you want to. The court case I said was uh, Texas versus Johnson, which is going to allow symbolic slash political speech. Basically, you can burn the flag and symbols like that. Religion, you had establishment clause, which says no state-sponsored religion. And free exercise, which allows you to worship how you want to, as long as you're not doing illegal things. The two court cases there on the back, the number 31. So I'm going to go over them there. And finally, it's free pre- free press. Uh, that is where the the government can't stop the press from critiquing them, writing things about them. And um, I tell it said we don't have to worry about the court case because it's not on there. Articles, of Confederation, and its ratification. <clears throat> so the Articles, remember, is our first government. Very weak government, it set itself up for failure. It did not give itself any power and any ability to do any of the things it needed to do. So hey, you gotta pay off this debt. Okay, well let's just raise taxes. Well, you don't have that ability, okay? So they had no power and no authority. Um, Remember, making changes to the the Articles was difficult. You needed 13 out of 13 to make an amendment. You needed nine out of 13 to make a law. The structure of the government under the Articles, we had a one-house legislature, all right, and they really had very little power. Um, and so one person, or excuse me, one state, one vote, just uh, really not set up for success. The amendment process. So remember, there's a two-step process, and each step has two possibilities. So the proposal, that is going to be at the national level, and it can either happen in Congress or a national convention. So we could call a national convention, but why do that when we already have Congress in place? So Congress person is going to stand up and make a proposal. So let's say it's me. I propose that we have a one time, no more falling back and springing forward or anything like that. Let's just pick one time and go with it. And so that's my amendment. If two-thirds of Congress says yes to that, then it goes to the next step. All right. If I fail to meet that threshold, then the amendment just dies. Okay. But I got the two-thirds vote. It then goes to the states. We can do state legislature or we can do state conventions. Once again, why do state conventions when we already have state legislatures in place? They would get it. They would read it. They would decide if they want to vote yes or no for it. If the state says yes, then that's one in that column. Okay, and you need three-fourths or 38. Federal grants. Remember, there's two, categorical and block. Categorical, those are the ones with the strings attached. So here you go, states. Here's some money, but you got to spend it here. Here you go, states. Here's some money. Oh, you weren't doing what we said to do over there? Well, we're going to take this money from you. Okay. So categorical grants are the ones states don't like because it comes with strings attached. It comes with uh, kind of requirements for them. Uh, Versus the block grants where it's still money from the federal government that the states have to spend, but they can spend and run the program how they want to. So welfare is an example. Here's federal money for the welfare program. You do it how you want to, though. U.S. versus Lopez in an older case. So U.S. versus Lopez, first off, this is the Gun Free School Zone Act. So Lopez brings a gun to school. He's caught and charged by the state. And then the federal government decides, you know what, we're going to get involved too. And they want to charge him uh, at the federal level based on the Commerce Clause. And so that's where the case comes from and why it's U.S. versus Lopez, because Lopez is fighting those federal charges. And so he's like, hey, you don't have a right to be here. The Supreme Court is going to agree with Lopez and say yes, (laughs) the federal government really should not be involved here. The Commerce Clause does not stretch this far and does not do uh, or allow them to come in and get involved in the schools this way. So uh, the federal charges were eventually dropped. So that's a loss for the federal government, uh, and it takes away some of the power they have over states there. Um, Remember, we we did an FRQ where we looked at this. We looked at Lopez, and we looked at uh, the marijuana case out in California, medical marijuana back in 2005. And... um, The difference was, hey, you can go into California you could buy the marijuana and then you could transport it elsewhere across state lines. That's an interstate commerce thing. This gun in this one school in this one city was not going to lead to some kind of um, interstate thing. The older case is Gibbons versus Ogden. That's the steamboat case where they both got charters to be the steamboat operators from two different states, New York and New Jersey. And the federal government was like, you know, or excuse me, the Supreme Court was like, yeah, the only people that can do that is Congress. So they got rid of that. Article 6 of the Constitution, that is the supremacy clause, full faith credit, privileges and immunities and extradition. So full faith and credit, That remember, remember that is some state-to-state state things. So the state is going to honor uh, contracts, court decisions, things like that. Remember, I told you I'm an example of this because I got married in Florida, moved up here, didn't have to get remarried. I already got divorced, didn't have to go back down there. <clears throat> the privileges and immunities, that is going to be the fact that you're going to have the same rights when you travel from state to state, you don't have to get a new license. You don't have to, you know, uh, submit to any kind of special laws or anything like that. You just you go into the other states, and yes, you're a visitor, you're a guest, and things like that. But there's no special laws for you. Uh, and then the extradition—that is where you do something wrong in one state, and you do something wrong in another state, you get caught there. They'll potentially send you back to the first state. Federal mandates. Remember, these are federal directives. These are things from the federal government, from the national government. Hey, states, you're going to do this. Uh, A while back, they had one where they had directed uh, the local sheriff's office to perform all the background checks for gun purchases. No money, no nothing, just, hey, you're going to do this. All right, that's a directive where Congress passes a law, passes a thing and says, states, you're going to do this. Citizens United. Remember, this is a case where the FEC put a stop to Citizen United, Citizens United's movie because they had taken money from businesses, and because of that, that had triggered the fact that, hey, you can't donate money to the groups that are going to produce these kind of political ads and things like that the Supreme Court is going to eventually find that, no, that's free speech. So the money, the campaign finances was tied to free speech. So businesses don't have an actual voice. They're using their voice with this money. And so that's free speech. Social media and campaigns. There's a chart uh, on there. It's going to deal with, um, I think you're just going to read the chart and figure it out. But just social media has taken effect. And, uh, is used by all campaigns at this point. How interest groups grant gain influence? Uh, remember, their big tool is campaign donations. All right, and then they have lobbyists also that will kind of get that money, get that money to the proper places. But um, they are looking to find Congress people that are already there. That's their goal. They don't really want to deal with a challenger because then you might lose. But they also have to find people that support their cause. Uh, but they are looking to uh, spend money. <clears throat> on Congress, people that are sympathetic to their causes and that can, you know, m- play a role in, in getting policy either changed or added or whatever they need to be, be happening. Uh, political parties versus interest groups. So remember, political parties, their big thing is winning elections. They want to run candidates and win elections so they can govern um over everything versus political, I mean, interest groups who are not going to run any kind of candidates. They are single issue. They are only concerned about influencing the government. The roles of the political parties, remember political parties do a couple of things. First off, what we just said, they are worried about winning elections. So they're going to take part in campaigns and that sort of stuff. They're going to recruit candidates to run for office. Um, they will mobilize voters, educate voters, you know, all those sorts of things are important aspects of the political parties. Uh, the media and citizens demand for information. I didn't like this question, so I just gave you the answer, so you'll find it circled uh, on your test tomorrow. Uh, perspective voting, retrospective voting, rational choice. So prospective voting, that's when you go to the voting booth and you think about, well, what's this person going to do in the future? So here I am on November 8th. They'll take office January something of 2023. When they take office and then six months down the road in July, what will they have done? All right. Retrospective is looking at the past, the recent past. So what's going on? What's happening? How's my life right now? How was my life yesterday? Uh, And so that's going to affect the party that's in power. And then the rational choice is doing what I think is best for me. The 24th Amendment. Remember, this is the one that got rid of the poll taxes. So it's going to uh, make it uh, easier and get rid of some of the barriers uh, to vote for African-Americans. Why is there more turnout in presidential elections than in midterms? So first off, uh, for this one, you need to. You, you, there's a chart. I think it's a bar graph, actually. Or no, no, it's a line graph that you're going to look at, uh, and and determine some of the stuff. It's really, yeah, it's really just the data that you're looking at. But just know that presidential elections do have a lot more turnout because people put a lot more emphasis on the president. Um, I would argue that Congress is the much more important position because they make the laws and they control the budget. But uh, Americans think that the president does everything. All right, Democratic ideologies, Republican ideologies, uh, libertarians, conservative versus liberal. So 27, 29, and 30 are all kind of similar. So just uh, I'm going to do those kind of in general. Uh, The Democrat slash liberal, all right, remember they're going to believe in a lot more government. Uh, They are (laughs) more for the government is there, should be there to help people, assist people. Um, and some of their programs are going to be costly, so they are going to to spend more and potentially raise taxes because of that. Republicans, remember, they're going to say, hey, stay out. The government, we want small government, limited government, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, People should take care of themselves. The government should not be uh, bailing people out and things like that, okay? The libertarian, remember, that is, basically, there is a government. A government exists and should be there to help with the basic necessities, the basic laws and things like that, but at the end of the day, the government should stay out of individuals' choices. Okay. Uh, 28, balance of public safety and civil liberties. So for this question, you got to think a little bit, you know, you have your civil liberties, you have your protections, the right to no unlawful search and seizure, the right to, you know, um, no cruel, unusual punishment, all those things. Are you willing to sacrifice a little bit of that for the good of the public safety? And I use the example of the school, you know, right now we come in all the, the doors and you know, there's no checks. You just come on in as you are. Um, to make sure the school is safe, would you give up the right to you know search and seizure? All right, and come into one interest, go through a um, a metal detector, have your bag searched potentially, if it made sure that the school was safe. You know, so that this is a question that you have to kind of think about a little bit: the public safety versus the civil liberties. All right, the two court cases I mentioned earlier Wisconsin versus Yoder and Engel versus Vitale, these are both religion cases. Uh, Wisconsin versus Yoder deals with free exercise, and this is the case where the Amish wanted to pull their kids out of school uh, at whatever you are in eighth grade, like 13, 14, 15 years old, something like that. And Wisconsin law said you couldn't be removed from school until 16. And so that's where the case comes from. The Supreme Court is going to agree with the Amish and say that the state of Wisconsin's law violated the Amish's free exercise. Ingo versus Vital, this is the, the prayer in school case and this is where we get the separation of church and state. So because of the establishment clause that we mentioned earlier, and no state sponsored religion, because the teachers were leading the kids in prayer back then, they said, Hey, that you can't do that. That's not that's a violation of the establishment clause. All right, political socialization, remember that is uh, where you get your political knowledge from, where you get your political leanings from. Typically, the number one answer is going to be family, but it could also be you know school, uh, civics course, your friends, uh, the media, religion, all those sorts of things. Public opinion polls. So remember a couple things about the public opinion polls. Uh, we really don't get to see much of the information, So, but the one thing we can see is a sampling error. All right, and that's typically going to tell us some. It's going to, it's, uh, as, as much as we're going to get probably about a poll. Uh, and so remember, we look at that, and if it's a high number, we don't like it because that means there's a, a, a pretty wide variance of what those numbers could actually be. But we also want a random sampling. We don't want to have you know uh, everybody from one party or one sex or one race or whatever it is we're, we're, we're polling. Uh, we want to have a wide variety. <laughs> and then Articles of Confederation versus the Constitution. This is one of those graph questions or table questions where Articles is one side, Constitution is the other. You're going to have to pick out the – I can't remember if it's the what was wrong with the Articles and how the Constitution fixed it uh, or if it is uh, – I think it's that. So let's go with that. So we've already went over the articles uh, and then, you know, the Constitution fixed, like no, no executive, so now there's a president. No tax, and so now they can tax, things like that. All right, guys, if you have questions, as always, feel free to reach out to me via talking points or email. I will try and respond up until about 10 o'clock uh, on Wednesday night. But uh, if nothing else, I'll see you right and early Thursday morning for the midterm. All right, guys, take care. Bye-bye.